All right, welcome to Backyard Politics, formerly the John Smith Show. Uh, we can be found on YouTube, Facebook, Good Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just about anywhere you can find podcasts. And of course, you can listen to every episode on Say What You Will, radio.com slash Backyard Politics. That's also where you can find our merchandise and our sponsors, of course. But before I introduce today's guests, I do want to give a shout out to Dave the Trucker. Dave, I hope you're doing well. Stay safe, my friend. Uh, today's guest on Backyard Politics is going to be none other than Rayleigh Klein. She was canceled by ASU's The Blaze Radio. That's a student-run radio station. Well, she finally just uh, was able to settle her court case, uh, and we're going to get into the details of that. I'm also going to talk to her about a big announcement as far as she's concerned, and uh, I'll let her tell you all about that. And I want to talk a little bit about what just got announced in Wyoming as far as mask mandates are concerned. So without uh, further ado, let me bring her on. Rayleigh, how are you? I'm good, John. Thank you for having me on again. Well, I'm excited to have you back. Uh, I think you uh, have been back on the show more than anyone so far. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> that's good. I enjoy being <laughs> on with you. It's fun, for sure. <laughs> well, it definitely is. And uh, so I want to get into... The results of the pod, uh, the, I almost uh, dropped the bomb there, <laughs> the uh, results of the lawsuit from ASU, but uh, I kind of want to rehash from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Before we get into that and the whole cancel culture that you experienced, uh, you've got a big, exciting announcement. I do. Yeah. So the, the light at the end of the tunnel through all this for me has been the opportunity to launch my very own podcast called Raised Right. Um, it's, it was, you know, sponsored and put together by Federated Media out of Michigan and Indiana, and they helped me kind of make this dream a reality. You know, Rush Limbaugh was on their network, and they were really supportive of me when I was going through the lawsuit and everything, and, um, you know, said, hey, we have this idea. We think you'd be, you know, really good voice to kind of start it, and so we wow. did. And the first episode launched today, actually, so if you follow it just on Raised Right Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Um, the links and everything are, are all there to listen. And the first episode's just me explaining, you know, the the full story of everything that happened in my cancel culture experience, as well as, you know, why we decided to start this thing. Wow. Now, are you currently, that's awesome. Congratulations, by the way. I think it's going to be a big hit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you'll have to uh, text me out the link and I will put it out on all my social media as well. Share it. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. That's awesome. And uh, so are you in Wyoming now or are you in Arizona now? No, I'm I'm still in Arizona. So. Okay. Okay. Last time I spoke with you, you were up in Wyoming. I I don't know. Was I? I think I've pretty much always been here when we chatted. I only go up there for holidays or whatever. Oh, I don't Maybe Maybe you were home for a holiday. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm here now. Yeah, you're here now back in Arizona. Uh, just recently, I just heard this today that Wyoming actually is uh, letting go of their statewide mask mandate as of the 16th of March. I think it's I, a good move. Yeah, I think so, right? Absolutely. I think so that's good news on the home front. Definitely. And, and then here in Arizona, they announced that you know businesses get the, to choose now whether they require their um, customers to have that. So I think states are starting to move in the right direction of getting out yeah. of this this lockdown and the mask mandates and which is good you know i always throw around the joke with people and we all laugh about it that we're a year into our two-week lockdown now so it's time to start 
getting back to normal life. That's right. Yeah. I mean, come on. Enough is enough. Right. Uh, you know, in fact, Wyoming has seen a drop in cases by uh, 600% or something like that. Is that even wow. possible? It's huge. 60% right. maybe. Uh, but there was a huge drop in cases there, and they said enough is enough. It's time to get the uh, the uh, show on the road, get the economy back open. So that's pretty exciting news. Uh, also, you've got Liz Cheney up in your home state. She was, she was censured, right? Yes. She was. There's, you know, there's a lot of people in Wyoming that are not happy with her right now. It's a pretty, pretty intense battle up there for sure. Well, she's coming across as the warmonger. Everyone said she was her mm -hmm. and her husband both. So, yeah, yes. you know, so uh, she got censured. So that's probably a good thing. I think uh, I think we're starting to finally wake up. I think the sleeping giant has been uh, woken, not woke, woken. <laughs> Don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not woke. Uh, George, uh, he's in the room. George Guzman, he says, good evening, my friend. Hello, George. Thanks for tuning in, buddy. Uh, yeah, so a lot going on here in Arizona. In fact, uh, an announcement. Uh, do you know who Kelly Townsend is? I don't know. She's one of the state senators here in Arizona, and she's actually represents my district. She's going to be on the show on Friday, so we're excited to talk to her, but a lot of changes have to come, I think, from the state and local levels, mm -hmm. really. I, I just don't think I've kind of given up on the national uh, politicians, even even the Republicans. It just seems as if they've let us down more and more, and they're not really doing much to stop uh, progressivism. So I think we've got to take the battle right into our backyard. So that's uh, a little bit about that. All right. So getting back to you and your story. Uh, let's start from the very beginning. Tell me, uh, kind of, uh, how you got involved in, uh, the blaze radio and, and the blaze radio, by the way, is ASU's, uh, student run radio station. So tell me, let's start from the very beginning. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you the, the shortened version. If you want the full version that's on the podcast. So it's like 20 <laughs> minutes long. So we'll cut it down a little bit, but, um, Fair enough. Yeah, I started the year as going to be my second year as the station manager of Blaze Radio, which is commonly mixed up with the Blaze of Glenn Beck's station. And they're obviously very different. This one's not conservative at all. It's very, you know, they try to be independent, but we see how that went. And um, I sent out a tweet very first or second week of school that had outlined the sexual assault allegations against Jacob Blake. And this article was written by the New York Post a few weeks after the incident in Kenosha, Wisconsin had happened. And it was a piece of the story that really hadn't been investigated. No one really knew why the cops were called in the first place. And this piece was one of the first to kind of articulate that. So I thought it was necessary to be to be shared. And I shared it with the caption, there's always more to the story, folks, which became the name of my very first podcast episode. And um, it just, you know, said, here's this article, take the time you to kinda, read it. You kind of just kind of stuck it in there, didn't you? I do. I find my ways. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. No, you're, you're fine. So I just said, you know, here's this article, take a minute to read it. Um, I think you'll be quite disgusted because as a woman reading, you know, the very graphic details of the sexual assault, I was disgusted and I wrongly assumed that everyone else would be as well. And it got an enormous amount of backlash from students in the club, students um, 
within Cronkite period, they were just absolutely furious. And by that one tweet had decided that I was unfit to lead the station anymore. And so they asked for my resignation, which I declined because they couldn't give me any rule or, you know, constitutional like law or any contract thing that I had broken. So I wasn't going to step down. And then the school finally intervened and removed me from the position, at which point we um, had hired a powerful attorney and got a lawsuit started. And it just wrapped up um, last month. It was just a day short of six months to the day. So it was a pretty lengthy process. Now, going back a little bit um, to kind of get into a little bit of the details, Mm -hmm. uh, you kind of had a history with some of the people on the board, right? Some of the other students on the board. I did. Yeah. So there was a situation kind of kind of going back to maybe some other uh, conservative viewpoints that you had that they had uh, or one or, you know, one person or I don't want to name names, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Kind of had uh, a difference with you. Mm -hmm. I've always been very vocal about, you know, issues that are political. That's just, that's my nature. That's who I am. I want to jump in those conversations. And this summer was an especially heated time for those conversations. So of course I got backlash, which was nothing new to me. I've got very thick skin and it kind of just rolled off and I really thought nothing of it. Um, and I, you- I can tell you what, I never would have thought that that tweet would have been the thing that got me canceled. Wasn't that tweet though, kind of in line uh, with the whole me too movement? Didn't it kind of fit that narrative? That's what I assumed. You know, that's what I said by, I thought, you know, people would also be offended by this. You know, the Me Too champions would jump in and defend the poor woman, but that wasn't the story, the agenda that they wanted to talk about at that time. So it was shut down. Wow. All right. Uh, Well, we kind of all know the outcome of that case too, not your case, but the case uh, with the the gentleman you left to tweet about. Mm you know, uh, there was no charges pressed against the police. Uh, it turned out that he did have a weapon and he was trying to use that weapon or get that weapon to use against the police. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I think there's, there's, there's good cops, there's bad cops, there's good people, there's bad people. You're going to find that in any line of work. What I was so upset about was the failure of journalists and media organizations across the board to get those details about the whole thing from beginning to end. They picked a narrative, they stuck with it the whole way, even through the end. And finally, in January, the Washington Post put out a statement retracting their old statements saying, you know what, we were wrong, he did have a knife. And not every outlet did that. You know, they wanted to keep that same narrative. And I think it's so disappointing that we run this and run this, and then the truth comes out and no one wants to talk about it. Now, did you notice, I mean, when you're in your, when do you graduate? It's soon? May. In May, right? So congratulations on that as well. Um, within the uh, School of Journalism there at ASU, the Robert Cronkite, or yeah, whatever his name is, Walter <laughs> Cronkite. Yeah, Walter. <laughs> uh, the School of Journalism, what would you say, I mean, are how many outspoken conservatives are there? Outspoken? One, and it's me. Um <laughs> I would say, you know, there's definitely a lot of conservatives there, but they're very scared to voice those concerns. And at a time, I was one of them. You know, you just you go in and you keep your head down and you learn very quickly. You either sit down and shut up and blend in or you risk saying that you're conservative, have those political views and 
get outcasted. You become the black sheep and have your career and your chances of success jeopardized. And that's that's very scary. And so after hearing so many stories of people being you know, canceled or having run-ins because people had figured out their political beliefs, when it happened to me, that's when I decided I wasn't just going to lay down and let it roll over like a train. I was going to stand up and and fight back because, you know, this isn't just happening at ASU. This is a nationwide problem. And if we don't stand up to it, what's going to change? And that I mean, that uh, in lies the problem. I mean, that is the problem. The fact that there are conservatives out there who are just keeping quiet. Mm-hmm. They're so terrified uh, to lose, you know, and I've talked to other guests on the show about this. Uh, in fact, I talked to, to uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb about this. Back during the Revolutionary War, you know, parents were handing their 12-year-olds pitchforks and saying, go attack the British. We've got to fight for this nation. We've got to stand up. So they were, you know, it wasn't uh, necessarily the military that won alone, but the militias that won with them. And it was the young kids and the, the dads and the, you know, uh, just kids as young as who knows how old, mm-hmm. old enough to be able to hold a musket or old enough to be able to hold a pitchfork or whatever it was to fight back. And now uh, the people that are supposed to be fighting for this country just seem to be scared to do so. We've given into fear and intimidation and, for someone like you yourself to come along and stand up to the beast and survive it. You weren't kicked out of ASU. Thankfully. Your, your degree's <laughs> not being taken from you. Right. You're going to graduate. Uh, you've got an incredible offer for this podcast that you're starting. Can't you say that at the end of the day, I mean, and we'll get into the, the, uh, the, uh, the results of the lawsuit. But at the end of the day, can't you say that you're victorious? Absolutely. I mean, when it was settled and done, we absolutely declared victory because we accomplished what we set out to do, which was to rewrite the story and call attention to what was happening in so many college campuses and even workplaces and pushing it to the legal front and making an example out of ASU as to what happens when People do stand up to this and showing it was only a matter of time before something like this eventually happened. Right. Wow. Well, that's awesome. I'm, I'm so excited. Now, going kind of back to some of the backlash that you got. So you were uh, you were the, the manager of the radio station uh, and you took the radio station from who knows what level you were at, but you took it up to third, the third ranked student uh, radio station in the country, right? Yes. Do you happen to know where it is now? Um, I don't. The ratings come out the beginning of every school year, so fall. So it'll be September again before we know for sure. They did just win an award at the International Broadcasting Competition and got Best Online Streaming Station. So, you know, it's a very successful club, and it was the largest organization at ASU that was non-Greek Life affiliated. So there was a a lot of eyes, a lot of people involved, so... Well, we don't want to wish any bad or, you know, anything like that on them, but uh, it would be nice to see them crash and burn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding out there. Uh, all right. So you had some kind of run-ins with the people. They saw that your tweet about Jacob Blake. They took complete offense to it. They uh, read some sort of uh, racism into it, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going through a period of time where uh, if you're white, you're privileged and you have, you know, you've got all these benefits and all this type of stuff. And so they're pushing that narrative. So you make a comment more about the guy being a creep about Jacob Blake just being just a bad dude. And uh, they see that as an excuse to to get rid of you. And so kind of what happened from there? So, you know, they get absolutely upset by this tweet. And then I start getting messages. I start getting tagged in comments. Um, basically, that ranged from just typical harassment all the way to death threats. I was getting um, encouraged to be hacked and doxxed and people telling me there's a bounty on your head. People like you don't belong at Cronkite. Don't come back. Keep your head on a swivel. I mean, it was wow. it was intense and something that I had never anticipated happening. Was there any, um, uh, I I don't know, repercussions on them for making those types of statements? I will give it to ASU. Once we did start the settlement, they did seem genuinely concerned about that. I had brought it up to Dean Gilger before who just blew it off and said, you know, I was being dramatic and never looked into it. But then once, of course, when it did hit court, they did seem to be concerned and had said they were opening up some investigations into those, those students and those comments. But you know, I haven't heard anything, so who knows if anything will actually come of it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but there. So there's there hasn't been any uh, students that I don't know maybe got kicked out of ASU for making threats like that, putting bounties on your head. No, not that I'm aware of. Wow. I wonder how much the bounty was. Did you find out? <laughs> I know that's what I should have asked. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> how much is it worth? Yeah, I mean, you know, for enough money, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Right. I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. So uh, they they came after you. Uh, the dean didn't stick up for you, and uh, then the lying started to happen, right? The the lies that you still had your role as manager there, and uh, you you clearly didn't. You weren't able to get into the radio station. Uh, so there was a bunch of um, I don't know. Just bogus information going back and forth, right? Yeah, I think, you know, at that point, people who were following or covering the story were just absurdly confused because the university just tried to cover up everything that I was saying. I would announce, all right, they've officially removed me and we're proceeding with the legal. Oh, no, 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 we did it. And I have, you know, a physical copy of an email that says that I am no longer station manager and being station manager isn't even an option. I'd lost access to the website, to publishing any content. My user ID was deleted. I mean, there was no way for me to be able to do that job in any capacity. So, you know, for them to just try to cover up everything to save face to the media that was covering it, you know, it shows that we got to them and it shows that they were trying to save their skin um, and we were trying to expose it, which was the whole point. Wow. If you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Rayleigh Klein. She's an ASU student in the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. She was canceled because of a tweet she made, which was accurate, by the way. The tweet was. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, She just started her uh, brand new podcast called Raised Right, and that just got launched today, right? It did. Yep. All right. Well, listen, I want to talk to you about the outcome of the lawsuit, and uh, we're going to do that right after this quick break, okay? Sounds good. Give me 30 seconds to talk about the Espinoza Group, a group within the real estate firm in Gilbert, Arizona. 
Sherry says, what many agents don't take into account is that it's not just the house itself that dictates how we go about marketing and selling it. That's why in my career in real estate for over 20 years, I've developed systems, processes, and resources specific to each different situation you might be in. Visit their website at www.azhomesbysherry.com. That's azhomesbysherry, S-H-E-R-I.com. Or you can visit their office at 1521 East Elliott Road, Suite Number 104, Gilbert, Arizona, 85234. Experience the difference. All right. So you went and uh, you got your attorneys and you decided that you weren't going to uh, sit down and shut up like they wanted you to. <laughs> And uh, you weren't going to uh, let them get the best of you. So you went, you got some attorneys, you filed a lawsuit. Uh, the lawsuit drug on for six months, you said, real close to six months. Mm -hmm. And you finally settled the lawsuit. We did. It was it was quite the lengthy process, and it, it truly jumped all over a place. There was a lot of elements involved. So we originally filed um, our claims in, in federal court under my attorney's advice that they were better equipped for that is this is something that has effect on the national level and of course the first amendment being a national concept um and the judge that we got really just kind of sat on it for some time and then issued that the claims that we did file were better fit to be filed in state um because it had to do with just the employment stuff and i don't know i'm not an attorney yet so i can't really give the full <laughs> scoop but um so they were better equipped for for state claims and so um, we sat down again, you know, at this point it was, it was January already. And Jack kind of just told me, okay, if we file, you know, state claims and want to go all the way through the court system, it's going to be another year before we really get anything, at which point you'll be graduated, moving on with your life. So why don't we try to settle out of court? You know, I was of course all for that. We could easily do what a judge would have done just by working together. And, um, so we got, you know, and started to work with ASU and their attorney and talk about what each side wanted in order to be, you know, satisfied and, and settle with the lawsuit. And the one thing that they, you know, out of the gate were adamant about was putting a gag order on me in this case, which means that after it settled, I would not be able to talk about it or ASU in a negative light ever again. Once those papers were signed, I would have to shut up. Um, wow. And of course we fought back super hard on that because I was just, blown away that their response to a first amendment lawsuit was to impose more first amendment restrictions i was i just couldn't believe it so you know i fought back really hard on that and then you know asked okay can we get some type of statement on your end saying that you admit your wrongdoing you're going to encourage students you know if this happens again to feel comfortable and expressing their own thoughts and their own beliefs um, and they they wouldn't they wouldn't ever admit that they did anything wrong. So we tried to do a joint statement together for the media saying that we settled um, everything would be taken care of and they you know weren't going to work with us on making a joint statement either. So we were just that polarized that we couldn't even make a statement together on it. Um, so then really the only thing left at that point to talk about was the monetary aspect of it because you know we filed in civil court and had filed a notice of claim. Um, and this is, you know, where most media gets it really mixed up. They see on the paperwork that I asked for 500,000 um, and that think that's, you know, super outrageous. But when you file a notice of claim in court, 
you could literally pick any number and it has to be fictitious. So we could have picked a dollar. We could have picked 270 million. I mean, it could have been anything. Um, and of course, you know, any plaintiff's attorney is going to tell them to shoot high because why not shoot for the moon and try to get the best settlement that we can. So we agreed on 500,000 knowing that we weren't going to get anywhere near that, but just seeing, you know, what, what we could do. And after ongoing conversations and bringing up the harassment and death threats and everything, um, they agreed to reimburse me for some school costs. And, you know, we, we settled with that and we could have, you know, fought for more, but I'm very lucky that my, my school and tuition and everything is paid for through scholarship. Um, so really the only cost that I have to me in school is just, you know, the housing and, and living um, and meal plan things that I incur willingly, you know, to be on campus. And so they reimbursed me for that. Um, and now we're moving forward. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, it, to me, it sounds like a win. Um, I think just the fact that ASU was willing to settle out of court was that they were afraid. Right. You know, I think they were concerned. Uh, obviously, they wanted to shut you up again, like you said, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and that you weren't going to go for that. So that's good. So now you're free to talk about this with as much as you want with anybody, right? Exactly. And I very much plan to. So the media did twist it. They did say that you had requested $500,000. I think that was the way of them to make make it look like you're just greedy. You're out for the money. Right. right. And uh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> it, it, interesting. Okay. Because I, I did read that and I wasn't sure, you know, because the, the media is not clear. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about it. But it really to you wasn't about the money, was it? No, you know, that's that's what's so funny and it was eye opening to me is that I told the same story to every media outlet. There was no change of tone or I mean, it was just here it is. Do what you want with it. And every single one came out so different. And it just shows that I think every media outlet and almost every journalist has some type of agenda or point of view to get across. And I think, you know, in this one, there were a lot of them that just said, oh, she just wants it. She just wants it for the money. She just wants a big paycheck. And that from the beginning, I said, was not the point. You know, I'm not in this for the money. I'm not in this even to have gotten the position back, but just to let other young conservatives or even just young people out there who are now scared to say what they feel or think because of fear of this cancel culture and this new age of Marxism controlling what people are allowed and not allowed to say. And it has to stop. Absolutely. You know, um, uh on my show, I've talked about it many times. If you look at 1933, 1934 Germany, this is exactly what they were doing. And I, I don't want to come across as some, uh, you know, some nut, but it's factual. Uh, the Nazi party used entertainment. They used the media. They used, you know, they burned books. They did every single thing that we're seeing happen today except it's digitally done. You know, I mm -hmm. think if Amazon was to empty their shelves and take all those books out into the middle of Times Square and light them on fire, people would be having a stroke. But they just eliminate them digitally and nobody notices and it just goes away nice and quiet. And, uh, you know, so everything is happening the same. And right. uh, the United States isn't above making those types of mistakes. We're not special. We're human beings. We put our pants on one leg at a time, just like they did back in Germany. And we've got to learn from these mistakes and we've got to stand up against these mistakes and, uh, 
you know, I, I think everybody that's watching this program or will listen to it in the future uh, is going to have a, just a, a ton of respect for you okay. because you're, you're young and you're willing, you've got your entire life ahead of you and you're willing to put that all on the line to fight for what's right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we, it's what we have to do. I think a lot of the times we'll find that evil is very quiet and the way to fight it is to make a lot of noise. And that's the one thing that we haven't been doing. And so I'm lucky to be one of the first to, to stand up and to start to do that and to encourage other people to do that as well, to know that they're not alone in wanting or deciding to do that. Because I think that was the scariest thing and still is for a lot of people is that they feel like they're the only person on the world who may feel that way. And they're not because there's so many stories as I'll start to unveil through my podcast of students who went through something similar. Wow. That's awesome. I can't wait to, uh, I will definitely go to, is it going to be on Apple podcasts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's on every, um, almost every streaming service. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll go and I'll make sure I subscribe and give you, I'll give you a five star even. Thank and you. I haven't even listened to it yet, but I just oh, know it's going to be maybe, good. Maybe you should listen to the first episode first. <laughs> it's going to be good. I'm sure it will be. So let's talk a little bit about uh, in the classroom. Okay, you're you're in ASU. You've been a student there for four years. You've been in journalism. What do you do? You feel that your degree that you're the instructors that you're being taught by are they teaching journalism in a uh, a fair way or is it are you being inundated with liberalism and progressivism in the classroom honestly i think there's professors that fall on both ends of the spectrum i've had some professors who you know are very much for the ethical practice of it and teaching balance and fairness and then there's definitely those that have literally told me and other people that you can't use fox news as a source period because they're just so out there and I mean, yeah, you get you get the whole spectrum, but you definitely see those microaggressions against conservative um, students and conservatism, period. And, you know, I really I think it starts at the top now, unfortunately. Now, did you um, were you kind of outspoken in class as well? Did like when a professor would say you can't use Fox News, would you be like, um, you know, can we talk about this? You know, and I then was. we're. Were there like yeah. all the students in the class going, oh, God, here she goes again? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I think there were definitely people that were glad that I did that and some obviously that weren't. I never did it disrespectfully. You know, I was always just challenged the narrative without ever being, you know, crazy, disgruntled kid about it um, and would stay and have conversations with them. And I really have always made a point in my education to make personal connections with my teachers and professors just to make it, you know, A, networking and B, just, you know, better experience. And so when those instances would come out, I would call them out and question it. Um, And I think, you know, they do a really good job of just saying, "Uh uh-huh, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and then never bring it up again, and right. um, just very dismissive, very elitist, very, you know, we know everything and we know that we're right, and don't really want to listen to anything else, um, and just kind of want you to to go away. You're like a, a little gnat to them. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, did you t- did you ever get a chance to talk to any of your professors or instructors about what was going on with your case? You know, I was surprised because. 
a good handful of them actually reached out to me when all this is going on and said, you know, what can we do to support you? Um, here's, you know, some advice. I'd love to help you get through this. And even just, I mean, I know my ethics professor is going to make me a case study now for the rest of his career because <laughs> this is like standard, wow. you know, this is, I remember that class so much. I really did like him as a person, but I think the course was structured in a way to make you scared to be who you were and very much just shoving down your throat, how careful you had to be as a journalist not to make anybody upset, which yes, we're journalists, but we're also people. We come from backgrounds. We come from different beliefs and thoughts and religions, and we shouldn't have to suffocate those you know, to go after a career, no other right. career assets of you. So why should journalism? And I just was very uncomfortable in that class. And, you know, I always, even one of my own mentors um, came up in that class is what not to do and what not to be as a journalist. And so I, I knew that I was never going to be your standard journalist, you know, from the ethics point of view, simply because of that um, and how they were teaching. It was not at all what I would call ethical um, but there were also, you know, good comments and good feedback from professors that came from that as well. That's awesome. That's good. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't know what to expect. I mean, we hear, you know, just nightmare stories about what goes on in college campuses. Right. And, uh, you know, the vast majority of the professors, uh, tend to be from the progressive side. So, uh, what's next for you? <laughs> There's a lot of things which I'm excited for. Of course, this podcast is going to be my next big project for quite some time. I'm taking a gap year and then I'm going to go on to law school. So in that gap year, I'll do some some traveling, get an internship, of course, work and then apply and go to law school in the next year. And then either open up my own firm down the road or, you know, find a way to combine communication with politics. Dream job would be White House press secretary, but you know, the possibilities are limitless as to what I can do with all three of those things. So I'm excited. Well, in honor of Rush Limbaugh, I think you could probably outdo the current press secretary with half your brain tied behind your back. <laughs> Thanks. Just to make I it won't fair. circle back. I promise. <laughs> we'll circle back. Yeah, let's circle, circle back, back to that one. We'll tell you in a few years. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Wow. What's going on there is just totally insane. It's, it is. Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts so far the first month, month and a half of the Biden administration? I want to cancel the trial period. I don't want the subscription any longer. Um, <laughs> right. It's, uh, you know, I really think he is a puppet president. I really don't think he's calling a lot of the shots. I think you know, for him to sign 30 some executive orders in one week, it just blows my mind. That's more than any other president ever. So, you know, that there's so many people talking in his ear about what they want to um, change. And I think what's both humorous and sad to me is the amount of Biden voters and supporters that have now come out and said, I didn't vote for this. This isn't what I wanted. And it's like, well, yeah, you did. You were just so caught up and not voting for Trump that you didn't know the other evil you were putting in. And I'll say this once in a million times, I prefer the devil I know to the devil I don't. And yeah. they didn't know what they were getting into with him. And I think now that's starting to come to light. And I don't know what comes next, but. Well, I think a lot of students thought they were going to get $50,000 of their, uh, you know, their loans erased. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't see uh, 
I don't see Uncle Joe coming through with that right now. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Or their $15 minimum wage or there you go. open borders. They are getting mostly open borders, but. Yeah, in fact, I'm going to talk to Kelly Townsend about that because it's a mess. The border is a mess and it's putting a lot of people in jeopardy down there. Mm -hmm. uh, so that'll be future conversations. Stop. Do you own a dog? Are you frustrated with your dog's waste bags? Then try out Ranger Rob poopy bags today. Our bags are whiter, they are deeper, they have handles and are lemon scented. Our five star rated dog bags are strong and leak proof. Visit RangerRobPoopyBags.com. We're available on Amazon and you'll love our product. So, um, your uh, law school, have you taken your LSATs? Are you, uh, are, have you been accepted to law school or is this something you're going to be working on in your, your break? Yes, it will be, it'll be an ongoing process. I've taken a few, maybe I should work on English first, but I've <laughs> <laughs> taken a few practice LSATs um, just to kind of oh, get where I'm at, but I really focused, you know, on just getting the best GPA that I possibly can this semester. I was originally planning on doing a fourth year of Cronkite to get my master's and then go to law school. But after all this happened, I just I couldn't stick around in that institution and continue to do journalism the way that I had wanted to before this. And so that's why I'm allowing myself this year still um, just to stay on track and to get the experience that I want um, rather than trying to rush a law school application. And mm -hmm. so we'll, we'll make the most of it. But I'm definitely excited. Do you have any schools that you would prefer to go to? Anything in mind? Um, yeah, I'd rather not put them out there quite yet. They may be watching me, not liking me right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe you ought to start thinking about maybe a uh, conservative school, conservative I know. state, right? right? Where are yeah. those at? <laughs> There's got to be something in like South Dakota. I don't know. Wyoming. <laughs> exactly. Probably <laughs> Wyoming. Go back home. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just excited for you. I think, uh, I think the big, the moral of the story really is that, you know, when, when we're confronted with diversity, adversity, sorry, diversity, <laughs> let's diversity. Not go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> adversity. Uh, you know, I, I think this is the message that goes out to all the conservatives. You've got to stand up for your principles, because if you don't, who will? Mm -hmm. And eventually that's going to, the responsibility is going to fall on our children and our grandchildren. And uh, we've got to step up. We've got to do it now. And, and I'm excited because, you know, I met someone like yourself and I've seen so many other conservatives who have just, they've just had it. They're just fed up and they're not afraid to stand up. And I think the more big tech and the more that uh, the the left tries to keep us quiet, the more we're going to be wanting to speak up. Mm -hmm. I so, agree. That's Absolutely. exciting news. All right. So one more time, uh, tell me uh, your podcast. It's Raised Right. Um, just a little how do you spell word. that? Yeah. How do you spell it? R-A-I-S-E-D and uh, then R-I-G-H-T. So, okay. I don't yeah. know if you went with the R-A-E thing. No, that would have been cute. I like that. <laughs> I thought that's where it came from. Like See? It. All right. Raised right. right. Okay. And uh, you can be found anywhere podcasts can be found. Uh, do you have any uh, interesting interviews coming up on the podcast? 
I do. The next one is next week's is actually with the Patriot Sisters. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're two um, two girls in their 20s um, that are now in Florida, have lived all over and came out as conservative and got a ton of backlash. What's interesting is that um, the two sisters and I, all three of us grew up doing pageants and competed in the same system. So our paths probably crossed before. And then when they started doing conservative work, um, you know, they just were, were shunned really from their church and different organizations that they were in. They had Antifa come after them and they're still just kicking butt with what they're doing. And so I got to sit down with them and get the good, the bad and the ugly of of their whole story and what they're doing to also rally young conservatives and get that network going. That's awesome. Wow. That's very exciting. So how often are your podcasts going to come out? Is it like once a week or? It is every Monday. It drops at 1am here and 4am on the East coast. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Now, speaking of Antifa, you've heard about Andy No and his book, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, that's one of the books that's being, uh, you know, I guess burnt, if you will, quote unquote burnt. <laughs> a lot of the bookstores are not carrying it. I think Amazon, I don't know if they're still carrying it or not. They're not even carrying it on like electronically because wow. of the pressure that Antifa has been putting on uh, like Barnes and Noble and other bookstores. And uh, I don't know if you heard the story today, but uh, the banjo player from Mumford and Sons came out on Twitter. Did you read that story? I didn't know. Have you heard of Mumford and Sons? You probably yeah. have, right? Yes. Uh, he came out in support of Andy No's book and said, I've just had a chance to sit down and read it. Eye opening. Great book. And the left just came after this man like just the 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 vicious people they are. And uh, he ended up taking back, you know, he deleted the tweet, but of course it's already out there. Right. And mm-hmm. so uh, he deleted the, the tweet, but it was already too late. And now they're demanding that Mumford and sons fires him. I haven't heard yet if they made a decision yet, uh, whether they're going to stick with him or not. But uh, now they're concerned about going on tour and, you know, and I, I guess, I just don't understand how groups like Antifa can continually get away with what they get away with to the point where the president of the United States says it's, it's, you know, it's, it's in the mind, you know, it's a mindset. It's not even a group of people. How does that happen? Yeah, it's, you know, I think on the business aspect of it, I think a lot of businesses just kind of cave to those thoughts and those demands to try to save their revenue because everything's about money. And, you know, they really just want to keep as many customers happy as they can. So, you know, to satisfy one group of people that are obviously very outspoken and they take the chance of doing that at the risk of upsetting us because we're a lot more respectful and a lot more peaceful. Um, But I think, you know, we just need to continue to be who we are. You know, that guy from Munfords and Sons shouldn't have to apologize. He shouldn't have to delete the tweet. He should just be, you know, hey, this is who I am. This is what I believe you don't like it, that's okay. That's cool. You don't have to listen to my music. You don't have to come to my show, but I'm not going to try to hide me for the sake of making more money or keeping a group happy. And I think once we can start to do that and encourage other people to do it with us, we'll start to make a good turn. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. And I I hope so. I hope so. I I, I could only hope others have the same courage that you have. And, uh, but I, 
I just want to wish the very best to you. It was awesome having you back on. Uh, again, if you uh, just tuned in, Rayleigh Klein, she was canceled from ASU over at the radio station. She fought back and she won a huge victory. And now she's got a podcast to tell about it. It's called Raised Right. And you can find it just about anywhere podcasts can be found. Rayleigh, I hope we can keep in touch. Absolutely. Just remember us small people. No. <laughs> when you're way, way up here. You guys saved me. You kept my career afloat when I was like drowning in the water of a liberal mob. So thank you. Yeah, you know, and, and that's a good point too. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to support people that are going through the pain mm-hmm. because they feel isolated. I'm sure you felt like you were isolated, like you were on an island of lunatics. Oh yeah. It was it was terrifying. I mean, I was like I know I'm not the only one in the world that feels this way, but it sure as heck feels like it. Um, and then when the story, you know, started to catch fire in the media, that's when I made so many great connections, including hours of people that, you know, were willing to support me and have my back and keep me afloat. Are you a better person now? Absolutely. Awesome. And, you know, I think, I think about that and I think about how much strength I've gained from going through that experience. Um, because it definitely made my thin, my skin thicker, my heart stronger, um, heart bigger. I mean, you learn from everything you go through and this is definitely a learning experience. Um, but a good one. That's right. Awesome. A very good one indeed. Well, thanks for coming back. Thanks for being on backyard politics. And, uh, like I said, keep in touch and, uh, I'm excited to follow your podcast and I'm, I will, get it out there on all my social media as well. Perfect. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. All right, Rayleigh, take care. Godspeed. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, that was Rayleigh Klein, the Rayleigh Klein from ASU. Uh, She is just uh, an inspiration to us all. And I see nothing but great things coming her way. I, uh, I can only imagine that the people who tried to cancel her what they're thinking now because look if she would if they would have left her alone rayleigh would just be another asu student graduating and not just another student because she excels and she does extremely well but she wouldn't be on this uh this uh this ride that she's on so they i imagine that they're looking back now scratching their head thinking where did we go wrong? Because now she's got an amazing podcast. She's been all over the media. ASU has looked horrible in this entire situation. And uh, they definitely came out the losers. Rayleigh was the winner. And, uh, you know, that's got to make us all feel good. So we've got to continue to stand up. This is John Smith with Backyard Politics, and I want to thank everybody uh, for being on the show. Uh, but uh, maybe you're asking, too, because this was formerly the John Smith Show. I took my name off of it because it's not about me. It's about everybody. It's about conservatism. It's about the the Constitution. It's about our morals. It's about our ethics. It's about everything that made the United States great. And I got sick and tired of talking about things that were going wrong in the United States. 
and I decided I wanted to look for solutions. So I started thinking about everything that's been going on. And I realized that our national politicians are bought and paid for, and they're not going to do anything. I don't care who they are. Republicans, independents, Democrats, they don't have our best interests in mind. So the only solution is to look right in our backyards. We've got to go learn more about what's going on at the local level and the state level because that's where the fights are going to be won. In fact, uh, news out of Arizona, one of the Senate bills just passed so that uh, people can't get mail-in ballots any longer without identification. That's a huge win. I think because we lost, we all lost a lot of, uh, I don't know, um, we, we feel that the elections lost their integrity with this past election. A lot of us just didn't feel good about it. A lot of us looked at a lot of the evidence that's been put out there by so many different people about how this election just didn't feel right. And should people be able to get uh, a ballot without showing identification just mailed to them in the mail? I don't think so. So here in Arizona, uh, Wendy uh, Rogers, Senator uh, uh, Wendy Rogers announced that in order to get a mail-in ballot, you're going to have to prove who you are. You're going to have to show identification that you still have a heartbeat that you're not in the state illegally or in this country illegally. So that was a huge win. Also, that also news, very similar news came down in Georgia. They're doing the same thing. We're seeing all across the country, and it started with Texas, the great state of Texas. George, you know what I'm talking about. They ended all these crazy lockdowns in Texas. Soon after uh, Greg Abbott did that, Mississippi followed. Now we see the great state of Wyoming. They're ending their mask mandates. And that's going to start next week on the 16th. Arizona, right here in my backyard, they decided to reopen all the restaurants and movie theaters and gymnasiums. They ended the, uh, the limited uh, occupancies here in Arizona. So restaurants now can open up completely. Now restaurants all across Arizona, guess what they're doing? They are hiring wait staff like crazy. They're they're it's booming. And guess who's going to take all the credit for uh, the unemployment? Of course, Uncle Joe Biden. When this is a this is something that Trump was calling for months and months and months ago. How often did we hear Donald Trump say the solution cannot be worse than the problem? We've got to reopen America. So hats off to Greg Abbott over there in Texas. Hats off to Mississippi, Wyoming, Arizona, and I'm sure there's many, many more states that are going to continue to do this. We see states, Arizona, another example of what's happening here in Arizona with one of the Senate bills is we're not going to recognize any unconstitutional gun laws. Arizona is just not going to recognize anything that comes out of Washington, D.C. in regards to the Second Amendment that's unconstitutional. 
And we're seeing bills like that all across the country. Everything that change, folks, is coming from states. The change is coming from our local elect- uh, local elections. We've got to get more involved. The conservatives have got to wake up, and we've got to make sure that during elections that we are actively getting more constitutional conservatives into our state senates, into our state House of Representatives. And I see something coming along the line here in Arizona, and I'm going to be talking to uh, Kelly Townsend on Friday. Got an interview with her on Friday. She's going to be on the podcast. I'm going to be talking to her about what the state of Arizona can do as far as illegal immigration. Texas is already, that's right, George, he's darn proud to be a Texan. And I would be too if I was over there. Uh, But Texas has already taken the lead. They're already looking into ways that they can intervene at the border because the border is a disaster. There was an, uh, I, I think the press, uh, press secretary came out today and said that they're just going to stuff more and more kids in cages. Now, she didn't use that terminology. She uses uh, detention centers, this, that, and the other thing. But we all know what they are. They're the very cages that AOC was down there crying about. They're 12,000 beds short in Texas alone. The, it's a disaster. I talked to Sheriff Lamb from Pinal County, he told me about the amount of drugs that are coming over the border now. The amount of drugs that are coming over the border is out of control. Fentanyl is killing people. Over 350,000 pill seizures right here in 2020 alone in Arizona. Fentanyl pills. What do you think it's going to be in 2021? If it went from about 400 in 2019, 400 fentanyl pills to 350,000 in one year. What do you think it's going to do in 2021? How many people are going to die? In fact, we have a senator here in Arizona. Her son died from a fentanyl overdose. Now, she's a, a liberal Democrat, so she's not willing to blame illegal immigration. She'll even sell out her own kid to protect the narrative. But how many more kids, how many more young people, how many adults have to die from fentanyl overdose because of this illegal immigration? It's the states. It's the backyard. It's the backyard politics. Uh, my name is John Smith. I'm the host of Backyard Politics. Again, you can find uh, all my information. Uh, let me go to the page there if I can find it. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Good Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and just about anywhere podcasts can be found. And, of course, you can listen to every episode on SayWhatYouWillRadio.com. Plus, that's where you'll find our great sponsors and our merchandise. But I want to thank everybody for being in the room. I appreciate – man, I'm talking too fast. I I appreciate you all. George, thanks for being here. A huge shout-out to Rayleigh Klein for being on the show. And uh, man, check out her podcast, Raised Right by Rayleigh Klein. It's going to be, it's going to be a huge hit. I'm excited about it. I'm excited for her. Until next time, until Wednesday night, we'll have our panel back on Wednesday. Tyke will be here. Tom will be here. Uh, We're going to have a good uh, panel discussion about everything that's going on here in Arizona. Uh, We might even get some information on what's going on in Missouri and Arkansas from Tyke. Until next time, 
be nice to each other. Take care and God bless.